course, I'm uh, news director Mike Leishner. Merle, it is great to uh, great to see you. We were supposed to chat a couple weeks ago, but then you uh, you yeah, bailed yeah. on me. Well, you know the the interesting thing about that is, uh, for a good reason, I had to cancel the show. And it's the first time I ever had to do this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we had mentioned it before, but um, we were doing a car show at the Eagles Club. Right. Registration was supposed to be at nine thirty. And as I'm getting prepared for the show, I'm getting phone calls and text messages from my phone at quarter to seven saying, there's people all over the place. <laughs> and in my truck were all the registration forms and everything else when oh, we go down after the show. So right. so, uh, so thank you for covering on a very yes. quick basis. Yes, we were able to. Going. So it was a great show at the Eagles Club and a great evening, a great event. And uh, thank you for your help and Midwest Communication, too, for uh, helping out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Uh, I mean, I'm the type of guy that can always appreciate a great uh, classic car show. And, of course, then that piques my interest. We'll just ask you one quick question. Mm-hmm. What was the coolest car out there through the event? I think the coolest car was the one that, that won best of show. And I believe it was the, the, the correct car. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody had a 56 um, Cadillac. Oh, I can't think of the model number now, but somebody had one completely, um, and it wasn't a, a, a mod. It was a complete restoration. The car mm-hmm. was just gorgeous. It was just beautiful. Everybody loved it. 1950s Cadillac. I think I can support that. It I think I can support that. Year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, of course, that has no bearing on anybody's uh, 401k or anything. Just a little chit chat here as we, uh, of course, fill time between your phone calls. The show is about your phone calls, so the phone lines are open at 715-845-2155. So go ahead and give us a call if you've got a question about uh, your current financial situation. Merle will do his best uh, to answer that question. But uh, in the meantime, of course, there was a lot of talk this week about bipartisan infrastructure bills, things like that. Uh, and that sent the markets at least uh, towards the end of the week. Things were looking up. There are, was some word today just now, if you heard Fox News at the top of the hour, that some Republicans may not be on board with the bill. So it looks like we are maybe going to ride this out uh, for another few weeks as we wait to see whether a bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, does indeed pass the House with some other spending attached to it. And uh, that's something that a lot of people are, are going to be watching here over the next couple of weeks. Well, it's going to be huge. Yeah, the infrastructure bill is looking a lot more like an actual infrastructure bill. When it first started, uh, they had everything in the world thrown into there, which isn't a classic infrastructure bill. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong what they wanted to throw in. We'll let the, the political people argue that. Of stuff. course. But, um, but in here, there's some stuff that just had to get done, and it's looking like it's uh, better, better numbers. Um, so you're having more people come on board, you know, sort of the way it used to be. Um, uh, even uh, uh, Biden had said this. He said, you know, this looks like the way it used to be when we put all of our ideas together and it looked kind of looked like, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, people negotiating for the benefit of the people. I would actually agree to that, um, you know, because it, it does look like it's supposed to be um, coming together, you know, get, let's get the roads and bridges and stuff fixed, which we all need, we, need, we all know we need to get done. Um, uh, boy, all you have to do is drive over the hill on Macado and see we need to work on roads. You feel like you're in a wiggle wagon, for God's sakes, mm-hmm. going over that thing. So. Stuff that has to get done. Um, so with that, when the infrastructure gets going, government's not arguing. Um, uh, it looks like that money's going to be going into the economy in addition to everything else we can do. is going to create more jobs. It drove the market back up again from what we see, saw come down, of course, last week. So it's nice when you see a uh, market come down that responds back and comes right back up again. It's always nice to see. But there's strength in the marketplace. Uh, there's companies still making money, and it appears as though we're going to start having jobs are people coming back to fill the jobs throughout the course of the last few weeks? All that drove everything back from the week before. 
So for all those people who looked at their statements or are about to, actually the June 30 statements are going to probably look all right. But if you're looking at your, you know, at the end of the week or something, you had a heart attack last week, mm-hmm. this week you're yelling yay, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that uh, I was always told when I started uh, investing. And again, I'm not an expert on this by any means. I've just got the automatic 401k that goes into the uh, the, goes into the pot, get one statement about once a quarter or so, take a look at it and say, oh, okay, great. And then you forget about it. That's the easy way to do it the way I see it. That's the best way to do it. And uh, Otherwise, but, you'll have a heart attack. You won't need the money later. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, you, you don't t- read too much into these ups and downs on the market on a weekly basis. Just kind of look at it at the quarter and say, or even a, a yearly and say, okay, we are still going in the right direction here. Exactly. Um, it has to be a measure. It can't be a daily thing. You know, we have some clients that um, uh, they look at the stuff every single day. And, and so my response is, I just said to you, stop doing that. You're going to have a heart attack and die. Just leave it alone. How often should I look at it? I don't know, once a quarter if you want to get excited. Maybe half a year. Good enough. Just leave the stuff alone. Um, you know, when you set the stuff up and get it diversified, it's not supposed to be buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Because when you're doing the buy, sell, statistically it drops you down on the 2% probability of beating the market's range. If you leave it alone, it goes to some 90% of the, uh, of the return. I'm sorry, not beating the markets, but a 90% of our rate of return comes from buying good quality stuff, diversifying it, leaving it alone. Uh, 2% of it, of our rate of return, comes from buying and selling. I said that beating the market, that was inaccurate. Um, and so the buying and selling just statistically doesn't make us money or help us out at all, unless you get lucky, of course, everybody gets that. Yeah, every now and then, of course, there's, right. there's something that'll mm-hmm. that'll happen every now and then. You, you might make something back on, and you, you mentioned beating the markets there. I was about ready to remind everybody the uh, the gambling aspect of it. You're, the house is always going to win, right? <laughs> well, not all the time inside of uh, um, uh, the investment world. And, of course, um, sometimes beating yeah. the market can be illegal, too, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's this thing called insider trading, which is uh, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, in here... You know, let's let's go on that. People say, can mm-hmm. you beat the market? Well, the answer is yes. Can you do it all the time? The answer is probability-wise, no. But, you know, we have to look at it. The, the market is a is a uh, measuring stick. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, geez, what's the S&P 500? Well, it's really nothing. Well, what do you mean it's nothing? It's it's a it's a measure. It's an index. Somebody said, we're going to take the, the top stocks across all the different asset classes, the larger companies, uh, first place and second place. We're going to forge it all together. We're going to take those 500 companies, and we're going to form an index, and the company's called S&P or Standard & Poor's. Well, why'd you do that? Well, Standard & Poor's wanted you to remember their name. Really? Yep, that's it. So we have the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 has no fees, no expenses, so that becomes the peer measuring stick, they say, uh, for a broad uh, a spectrum of what's going on inside of the economy. We look at the S&P 500. The Dow, for example, is the Dow 30. Um, well, the Dow is also a publishing company. Guess why it's the Dow 30? Well, because they want us to remember their name. You know, so we look at it, and that's what is just an index. It's a measure. So can we get the same rate of return? Sure, in theory, if we buy, let's say, an S&P 500 index. Oh, but we have to subtract the fees for the company that builds the index. So what has the same rate of return as the S&P 500 purely? Well, the S&P 500, because everything else has some sort of a fee that comes off of it. Mm-hmm. Many people don't realize that. So in years and times, do we beat the S&P 500? Sure. Are we going to beat it over the long term? The probability is low. And if you can, fantastic. You smile and run to the bank with a big smile on your face. Um, but largely, it's a measuring stick. It's 
It's nothing we nothing more than a measuring stick. It's not an actual entity. Sort of like cryptocurrency, same principle. <laughs> yeah, so. it, exactly. And that was going to be one of the other things I was going to ask you about. There's a big about. article that I'll, I'll pop up yeah. about cryptocurrency, actually, that happened this morning. Uh, Mike, let me turn something here. Sure. I want to do something. Um, first, Ross out of Chicago, so my favorite uh, uh, people, especially from an economic standpoint. They have a thing they've created called the recovery tractor. And so they're taking a look at where we were in 2019 uh, versus coming back in 2021. Of course, uh, pre-COVID, now uh, post-COVID. And they're trying to give us a measure of what's happening with uh, with all parts of part of the economy and see where we're going. And, and I think this is brilliant in essence because for me, uh, in the investment world, I can take a look at this and see how are we doing on various things. So, for example, we had so much cash because of the stimulus that came into the economy. And the next question goes, where does that go? Well, initially, it went into savings. Our personal savings rates went through the roof across the country because people didn't know what to do and nobody was going outside. Um, people are shopping online, of course, and we saw Amazon and these companies and our you know, subscription TV services all went nuts, um, uh, which is to be expect expected. So now if we take a look at what's going on, we see weekly retail sales. Uh, weekly retail sales for this week comparative to 2019 is up 17.6% versus 5% during that time in 2019. And then weekly retail sales has been off the charts. We're seeing box office receipts actually having some sales now. <laughs> so up to 87 million last year, near 88, now from 205 in 2019. Um, so we're starting to see all the stuff starting to come back um, nicely. Um, rail traffic. Um, which is uh, uh, rail car traffic, which is cars um, uh, on the rails, of course. Uh, railroad. Railroad cars. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm pointing at you, and I should be saying something on air. So, <laughs> um, But we're up 529,000 versus 527,000 in 2019. Well, that usually means that the inventory is starting to come. So mm -hmm. the, the supply chain is starting to fill up quite a bit. Hotel occupancy, um, uh, uh, about 66% versus 73 Another one that's telling us that the supply chain is filling up, folks, is steel production. Um, our steel production uh, last week was um, 1,839, and that's in net tons. And in 2019 was 1,873. So for all practical purposes, about even. So it appears as though the supply chain is filling up. Um, and with that, we should start to see more reductions of price. Is inflation here? Yep. Uh, but inflation is also coming down. Wood products, for example, as of last week, down 43% since the peak in May uh, to last week. And so we'll see what uh, it does to the retail. I don't think you and I have found that yet, but at least on the commodities marketplace, yeah, it's dropping it, significantly. And, and that's, uh, it, it's, I get from what I've been told, it's no different than the price of gas going up or down, you know, the price of uh, oil. Uh, going up, okay, maybe it takes a couple days to a week for the gas price to reflect that. So I think this is probably going to take uh, maybe, you know, even a couple of months before that's reflected at your oh, no local, doubt about it, yeah. local lumber yard. Because, again, uh, and who knows what's going to happen this summer. Because yeah. I know last summer when the fires started in the Pacific Northwest, that also sent lumber prices through the roof. So we have that uh, to think about as well coming up uh, down the road. So things mm -hmm. are going to be uh, a, a little volatile there yet before we before we can say, okay, it's a little cheaper to build a house or build that deck right now. It's getting there. I have a friend of mine yesterday who wanted to put some shelves up in a new shed he had. And uh, he had, almost had some sticker shock because he bought three sheets of plywood that was three-quarter wrench, and he bought it in a near-finished grade because he wants to paint his shelves and looks nice. Um, well, it was $75 a sheet. And I said, my Lord, I said, I'll trade you a car for your wood. 
You know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, sticker shock was still there yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, from his standpoint, so. he is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU. As always, your phone calls are welcome at seven one five eight four five two one five five. We'll be back with more after this. It is 8.22 on this Saturday morning. We are at uh, 62 degrees outside the WSAU studios, I believe was the last check. I thought I had my forecast up, but uh, I did not right there. So it's going to be close. We're getting gone our way to a daytime high of 72 and uh, looking for uh, some significant rain throughout the afternoon as well, half to three quarters of an inch possible. So be on the lookout uh, for that 67 actually right now outside the WSAU studios as we are making financial sense. 715-845-2155 is the number if you have a question for Merle Couch. And Merle, right now my question for you is uh, this is something that I've failed to understand for the last year or so ever since this uh, cryptocurrency thing has taken off. Uh, the markets on this were pretty volatile the last few days. Uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Whatever coin, I believe Snoop Dogg has his own pot coin now from what I've been told that one Some time. 5,200 cryptocurrencies. 5,200. Right yeah, yeah. and, and this has all come up in the last five years or so. And this is something that uh, I still think we are trying to learn about, which is what has made me hesitant about it. But uh, I think what other people have been hesitant about is they just wonder what are they supposed to do with it? And that's uh, one thing that uh, has made the markets pretty volatile with that. Well, one of the... You know, we look at uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is down, depending upon the day, some 50% from the beginning of the year to now. Um, and so in here, it's an article that says Bitcoin may slump below $10,000 if this technical signal is not correct, which is an article by Steve Goldstein. So so in this article, it comes up to, I'm quite honestly, one of the things we've talked about for a long time with Bitcoin. When I have clients that say, can I invest inside of Bitcoin? My, my first question is, okay, tell me what they make. What's their profit? And nobody has an answer to this. Well, here's the, the, the opening sentence of the article, folks. The problem coming up with the value of Bitcoin is how can you arrive at one, meaning the value? Um, as this critic points out, there's no intrinsic value, so there's no future cash flows to discount like a stock. Uh, there's no cash flow at all because it's basically a computer program and people are buying into it because they believe it's popular really because of no other reason. And while it's become so popular as of late, as people said, well, it's going to be the, the new gold when things start going financially awry or economically awry. We're going to go inside of Bitcoin because it's going to be the new gold. Well, no, it's, it's gone up simply because people wanted it to go up because they were buying it. But when it comes down to it, what does it hold? And the answer is still nothing. It's a computer program. And so I liken it to the tulip bulbs. And uh, Tom and I always have a good time when we go back and forth because it's like the tulip bulbs except that tulip bulbs you could at least you know plant and grow a flower. Uh, this is nothing. And so with it, this isn't going to make a lot of sense to you guys up there, but one of the best ways uh, that we can look at, we don't have anything else to look at since it doesn't make any cash flow. It doesn't actually produce a product. It isn't an entity. There's no address. We can't call customer service because it's a computer program. It doesn't right. exist. Um, but in here, we can take a look at the markets and see what they are. So there's a thing called head and shoulders that's up there. And so this is my friends who are the technical analysts. Analysts. <laughs> um, so um, with that being the case, I'm not going to claim myself to be a technical analyst. I still can't say it right. But a head and shoulders simply looks like a peak where it's got a couple shoulders. A head pops up and you got another shoulders. 
And when you get two of them are a head and shoulders within a head and shoulders, uh, they call it, oddly enough, a double head and shoulders. Mm-hmm. But usually what it does, it peaks to a bottom. It shows that's something where people are willing to say, okay, if it's in this pattern of this range, uh, that's all right. We'll hang on to it. But if it goes below this, we're out of here. So uh, that bottom line number appears to be about 30000 So if we go below 30000 the next drop-off point is 10000 which is about where we were a year ago. There's nothing that supports the number below that. And so as they talk about inside of this article is where it differs right now than in other places that today we have a lot more individual investors going into it because they're going at it through their cash app or other places and mm-hmm. clicking a button saying, I'll buy some uh, some Bitcoin. Um, but it's also leveraged in sometimes as much as 100 to 1, which means people bought $100 worth of Bitcoin for $1 they bought in, in a loan. And when that stuff goes down, it goes down like a rocket. Remember 1928 when the stock market crashed? That was because of leverage that it caused that. Also in 2008, if we look at that, a lot of those problems are because of leverage. And we see that inside of Bitcoin because, again, Bitcoin doesn't have a lot of rules. Why? Because it's a computer program. It doesn't hold anything. So with that, if you have Bitcoin that's out there, watch. Just pay attention. As I say to my son-in-law and the kids, just pay attention. Just watch. Look at it daily. Read your news every day. Because if it does come down, and this person is accurate on this article, um, if it goes below 30000 we could see it drop down to 10000 relatively quickly. May or may not happen, but that's what they're saying inside of this article. So watch the volatility on the way down here. Yeah, and, and from what I understand about it is these computer programs that you're running to uh, mine the Bitcoin, as they say, which, again, really doesn't make sense to me because – it's not there. It's not tactical. You can't do anything with it, essentially. Some of these programs are basically helping companies like Visa, MasterCard, Discover process card payments, which, of course, everybody's doing these days. We're paying for anything and everything with our debit cards, credit cards, or even contactless through, mm-hmm. for some people through Google Pay. That's the only thing I've, I can really understand about it is you're getting like a small commission as you help process that $7 coffee at Starbucks that's paid for with somebody's Visa debit card or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the extent that I understand it. And and I still don't see how that can be. I see how it can be sustainable, but I don't see how it can be profitable. Um, I understand where you're going from. And I, I let, me, let me take a little bit of a step back, Mike. Where- sure. We're seeing a lot of this happen is that the invention of cryptocurrency has been brilliant for what it has done. Not because of the the Bitcoins and the the cryptocurrency, but the brilliance of it is how you create a um, uh, a cryptic cryptic blockchain where you can pass data from one place to another. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in uh, Botswana, and I want to use my credit card, and I want to make sure that nothing's getting stolen from that credit card as far as my personal information. I can have Visa or MasterCard, which I know that they're doing to a certain degree. They take my information, it becomes a blockchain. So now nobody's going to break into it because somebody has to know the information and the code's all over the place. Um, so, so from that standpoint, crypto makes a brilliant sense, and mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with it. Um, but now to say that crypto itself is a currency, that's the step that I think is not right. Right. So there's a lot of banks in a lot of places that are looking around saying we're going to create our own cryptocurrency. We're moving money around the world faster, quicker, easier. Um, even uh, Chase Bank is doing it, which is one of the largest in the world. I think it makes a lot of sense. 
Um, even the U.S. government is saying, well, we think we're going to create a U.S. cryptocurrency. I think that's going to be the winner, and I could actually make an argument that I think there's already a, a global digital currency out there. It's called the U.S. dollar. Um, but if we make it so it's crypto, that means it's going to be secure. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be secure around the world. I don't have to worry about somebody uh, you know, sneaking into my wallet as I'm, or a credit card and getting information off it because I'm walking past a zone that they can grab that information, You know, worrying about having to have uh, – you know, secure places to keep your wallet when you're traveling, that type of stuff. You know, with that, the cryptocurrency is going to, crypto, sorry, is changing all of that, how we do it. Um, and so so from that, brilliant in what it's doing, but taking the crypto and turning it into its actual currency, I think is a step at this point in time. But I think it's going to turn out to be that there will be cryptocurrencies that will be valid Sorry, Snoop Dogg. I'm not sure about your pot currency. <laughs> um, but it is going to be valid because it allows us to transfer money on a brilliantly secure basis. Um, uh, and I think that part of it is coming. Remember, it's a computer program. The mining was part of the mining is also part of the that makes it work because there's always somebody out there creating a drive and a demand for that product because they're always looking for the new one. That's part of it when you want to sell yours. Somebody wants to buy it because it's part of that whole a cryptic mining process that goes on and makes it efficient. Mm-hmm. And again, remember, for it to actually be worth twenty, thirty thousand dollars, there's got to be somebody who's willing to pay willing that, to pay that right. from you. And if there's not, then, uh, as I like to say, sometimes it's it's not worth the paper that is printed on. And in this case, there's the the, the digital bits <laughs> that it's written on. Yeah, so, the digital bits you know, that it's we, written. You know, on. you look at a, a company. Uh, you know, we're going to pick up X Y Z car company. You know it. If we have the stock of, <clears throat> excuse me, XYZ Star Company or a car company, and the whole company goes broke, but they've got five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand cars in a lot, it's still worth the five hundred thousand cars and the equipment. So there's still an intrinsic value built into it. There's none of that with crypto. Zero. There's no value underneath. It's just nothing more than somebody saying, "Well, it's, it's worth a value because I'm willing to buy it from you." Well, what if you're not? Well, then the value goes down dramatically, as we're already seeing. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that's one thing that you've been having to tell your clients. Unless you can have a complete <laughs> grasp of what is going on here, this is something that you probably don't want to wade too yeah. deep into because you're going to find yourself in trouble and uh, and quickly. There's there's a lot of broker-dealers that are out there that are not allowing guys like me to buy cryptocurrency uh, for their clients. Our dealer is one of them. So when clients say, can you, can you buy me some cryptocurrency? The answer is no, mm-hmm. uh, we can't. And, and, and you know what? It makes good reason because it's, it's just a liability and a problem to come. And usually when you see stuff like this, you're, there's either there's always tears at the end for somebody. Um, now, I'm not saying it's going to go away. I doubt that it's going to go away. Um, but the run-up that we've seen happen is just because people bought it, not because it really had any intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. He is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. There is one more thing I wanted to touch on with you. Uh, about this we'll do that coming up here after our news headlines but we also remind you if uh, you've got a question for merle you can always call in as well 715-845-2155 we'll take your calls live on the air and we'll have more with merle coming up next right now though let's take a look at those news headlines 8.36 on a Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner sitting in for Tom King today. 
Merle Kelch is still Merle, and of course we bring him in because he's the expert. I'm the, only, I'm the one and only. There's yeah, not another a, one of me. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and he's the expert on things like this. But of course, well. we are making future-looking statements on this show, which means at, at some point we're, we're taking a guess. So you've got a uh, legal disclaimer about that. Well, there's a whole bunch of those, and we'll, we'll pop up. There's one that's actually um, um, we have to bring up. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll read it. I haven't read it live in a long time, so. Give me a second. I'll get there. Here oh, we go. you you uh, you weren't even ready for the legal We actually have them yet. pre-programmed oh, okay. now, but that's all right. Tom gotcha. forgot to tell you that. But here we go. <laughs> the opinions voiced on this show are for general general information only are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. HBEC Incorporated and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies, and folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Now that we've gotten the legalese out of the way, uh, we, we were talking uh, earlier about crypto and things like that, and I think, again, that's just, to me anyway, one of the most uh, you know volatile things that you've really got to tread carefully in. If you don't mm-hmm. understand it, just just let it ride right now. Just don't even worry about it and, and stay out of that market. Well, or an amount of money you can afford to lose at a casino. Exactly. Yeah. Treat it like a casino or an entertainment uh, or something you're putting down on the bucks game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Not that you can do that in Wisconsin right now anyway, but that's a, that's another issue for another day. Uh, I saw a a story on a market watch earlier this week uh, regarding, especially with what we went through last year with the, the, stocks like GameStop and things like that, how the the Robinhood, the investment trading apps have really brought the investment trading into a new generation, especially people like me that that are on the phone all the time and have it right there. And they say, okay, well, maybe this is a way we can take $100 and make it into $1,000 or $10,000, whatever that may be. It seems to me that that's kind of along the lines of crypto. If you're not really well vested in it, let that let the people like you handle things like that or let the 401k ride out and not get so deep into this that you're yeah, yeah. at 11 o'clock at night suddenly saying, oh, I'm going to dump my stock in Apple and buy something in Google or something like that. There's actually a, an article that will pop up that I have a little bit later. It says, how do you know if you need a financial advisor? Um, it was an interesting article to me. And usually you use those as fillers, but this one actually has had some questions in it that I thought were really good. Maybe I just need to go to that now, but, uh, you know, in here, um, you know, Robinhood has, has made stuff really interesting. I'm really happy that it's gotten the next generation involved inside of the investment world. Um, but the one thing it hasn't done is it hasn't taught people how to diversify. And so they keep putting money inside of one stock. And if you look at the last year and a half, it's been easy because essentially everything's gone up. But that doesn't always happen. In fact, rarely happens that everything goes up over a year and a half or two years. Uh, usually what happens, you got a lot of volatility along the way. You have to make sure diversified and all this sort of stuff along the way. Um, so so with it, with Robinhood, I like what they're doing, um, but there's going to be some things that are going to change. First of all, um, you know, I've, I've had uh, some people say, well, geez, well, Robinhood is, is free. Uh, no, it's not. Mm-mm. It's not free. Um, they're selling all their information to have another broker um, who is uh, paying them to do the trades. And in the middle of there, you're paying for it someplace. I guarantee it you are, but it's going to be disclosed. And so it's going to either make it so that they're going to have to show you how much that you are paying for those trades um, um, or they're going to have to change the price and make it so anybody can open up and trade 
or they're going to have to create their own platform. But it's not free. You are paying for those trades. The other thing is, is that, like you said, and you hit it right on the head here, Mike, is, geez, I'm, I'm going to buy uh, Apple. Okay, so you can buy some Apple. That's fine. Uh, but now if Apple goes down, it went down, you, you sell it right away, and it's, it's going to create, a, it's creating, it seems, a lot more volatility up and down inside the marketplace, which is fine. The marketplace can accept that. Um, but if you're doing it on your own, it's going to create a lot more volatility. If you're starting with $100, it goes to 1000 that's great. Now, if your 1000 goes to 10 and you're dividing it with one stock, now you've got a lot of volatility based upon 10000 Those different ones, 100 But now if it's $10,000, a lot of volatility. Well, how do you get rid of that? How do you how do you diversify out that volatility? And then that's where working with somebody who's in this industry, the new term, financial professional, um, uh, that's where they help you to try to get that money spread around and diversified. So... Uh, the, the benefits of Robinhood is people start getting invested in it early. They get going right away. It's fantastic. But after the dollar amount becomes real, now you have to do something real with it. And uh, you have a lot more work and education to do to figure out how to do that. And that's where our industry tends to come back in. Yeah, because to me, this is nothing I would want on my phone or just to want to be doing on my own. Again, you're look scrolling through your phone at 11 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, you see that. You might want to, oh, I need to do something right now with it. I need to sell. I need to buy. I need to get into this. No, that's something that you have to be doing in a conversation with somebody like yourself on, you know, during business hours, so to speak. I, I, I don't think I would want to be putting myself in that spot where all of that information is right there on my phone and sure. all of a sudden... I'm going to make a knee-jerk reaction to something that I'll regret at 8 in the morning. And and there's a number of places that are in here that are selling your information data. Uh, maybe not to somebody else or not selling your Social Security number, that whole bit. But they're selling your data that you're doing the knee-jerk reactions. And then part of what a lot of these companies that are doing these phone trading, whether it's cash or others, is if you notice on there, you'll say, well, geez, get a new money market account. You want to sell a bicycle, you know, want to buy something. So they're selling the advertising along with that. So your data is going out there to some degree as far as what's going on. Do I want to have that happen? Do I want to people know? Do I want people to know that I'm buying and selling individual stocks? So another part you have to look at that. So, I mean, the stock market, at least in the U.S., trades until the 3 o'clock central time. Then it's done. You just have them set up and finished. So I'm guessing just because of what I know of, say, Robin Hood numbers, Mm -hmm. um, is that if you're buying a stock at 6 o'clock, you're not buying it at 6 o'clock. You're buying it the next morning. Uh, they're going to hold that trade until the next morning. Then that trade will be executed at some point in time at then. Um, so even though you might be looking at 11, you're really not buying or selling it at that point in time. It's happening the next day if you're after hours. Mm -hmm. And again, if you don't know that, you don't know that. And, and it could come back negatively because, again, once we get to where we're talking about uh, you know, significant amounts of money, that's real money. This isn't yeah. this isn't a game that you're playing on your phone. This is your life that you're you're dealing with right there. So I I know for somebody like me, I would not want to go into that alone. I would definitely want well somebody like yourself to uh, to be able to lay everything out there in plain English. And I think uh, as as we get deeper into this, you know, the crypto, the uh, trading stocks from your phone, the apps and things like that that people like you are going to become just that much more important. I think one of the, thank you. I think you're right. You're welcome. <laughs> um, in, in here, I think one of the places, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one of the places where uh, using a Robinhood or a phone can really help people is doing what's called dollar cost averaging. 
dollar cost averaging is about as old as the hills, how you invest money that way. Uh, but I think what it allows you to do is to say, well, every two weeks when I get paid, I'm going to buy a hundred bucks worth of XYZ stock. So dollar cost averaging lets you just simply buy the money on a regular scheduled dollar amount on a regular schedule. So whether the stock or the fund, whichever is your, whatever you're buying is either going up or down, you're just buying it. It averages that cost on over time and you keep doing it until the dollar amount gets high enough. Then maybe you buy the next piece. Maybe the first thing you bought was a large cap stock or a large cap fund. Then you buy the next piece, you buy a mid cap and you just start dollar cost, cost averaging it, you know, a hundred bucks every two weeks. And I'm just making this dollar amount up. Mm-hmm. And in that, I think it's a brilliant tool. I think it's awesome. I think people can start getting into investing. But eventually, you start getting a dollar amount that you said that is real, and I say, all right, now I need to do something uh, better with and get it diversified properly. And that's where our industry really does help out. But the beautiful part about this is it allows you to get involved, to start investing, to put the money away. And so from that, I just think it's brilliant. It's just that you know some people just start taking bets with big dollar amounts, and then again, we talked about before, tears. Tears start coming, you know? <laughs> exactly. Just like when you put down – Hundred bucks or so on the Bucks to win Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, and it how'd uh, that go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What a bet on Game Two again. Not that you can do that legally in Wisconsin right now. We'll see if that changes uh, sometime, <laughs> sometime down the years. But who knows? That could be something else that has a ends up having an impact uh, nationwide in uh, in your world as well as uh, sports gambling becomes legal. In more places across the country, that's something else I'm sure that you have to look at uh, on a on a regular basis. Um, we do. Um, there's some stocks that have been out there that said these are going to be some great gambling stocks as uh, gambling becomes legal in more places around the world. Uh, these are some great stocks that be invested, and and uh, we have a few clients that so, well, let's take a flyer on it. Let's throw a few thousand bucks at it and Draft let it go and see what happens. It yeah, yeah, we'll let it, we'll let it go, whatever it is. Um, and so I think there's some uh, some benefits to that. So. Let's go to this article here. So the, the article is by Maury Stetner. It says, do you really need a financial advisor to take this six-question test to find out? And again, usually you look at this stuff as a, as a filler, but this is pretty good because it has some fairly good questions in here. Mm-hmm. So first one question is, do I need help with financial planning or am I looking for stock tips? So in here, in our industry, one of the benefits they say is, is that um, in here, our industry, we try to look at all the stuff uh, that's out in the financial world, such as, you know, what kind of a mortgage do I get? How about student loans? Do I try to get some of those? We have kids' tuitions. Uh, do we need some tax-saving strategies? Should I have an attorney or not have an attorney to draft a trust or like that? So it's part of what they're calling inside of this article is the holistic financial planning. So if you're answering the questions, is do I need somebody helping with that? The answer is yes. Well, then you need a financial planner. If you're looking for somebody to say, should I buy Tesla or Apple? And I'm reading this over the next five years. Well, then you're just looking for a stock tip. You don't need a financial investor. You're doing it on your own. So the next one is, am I really, uh, am I all ready to follow this person's advice or do I just want to hear what I want to hear? We have this one all the time. People come and say, well, I've saved this much money and I've done this and I've done that. And I thought to myself, do they want me to anoint them and give them the bread and some wine? Or I'm not really sure what they want here. Um, but, you know, so somewhere along the way, you have to look at it and say, okay, if I'm going to help this person, um, um, or this person's going to pay me to do some work, if they're not going to listen to me, why, why are we going to do this to begin with? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you have to come up with some ideas and so, so forth that's going to help, um, uh, but then a client has to do them or it just doesn't pay. It just doesn't work at all. Um, we had some clients many, many years ago, uh, both professionals, and were just heading down the wrong direction. Um, and so at that particular point in time, we straightened them out and said, okay, I want you to put this away, do this, do this, do this, do this. 
and they came and they were able to retire um, about seven, eight years early because of the work that we did uh, 20 years ago helping them out. And so from that, you know, we really appreciate it. We got stuff straightened out. We were retiring earlier than we thought, with more money than we thought because of the tips we gave you. And so that's the sort of stuff from our side of the world that, you know, makes us feel great that we did something. But the people listened, uh, which is the uh, uh, the important thing. The next one is, do you have the, 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 the discipline to stay the course? So if I said to you, Mike, do this, and then you don't do it, well, geez, it doesn't matter. So one of the biggest ones I've seen in my industry is you have somebody who's laden with credit card debt. And you say, okay, so here's how we're going to fix this. We're going to make some money from here where we can take a loan off from some of these assets. At 6%, we're going to pay off the ones that are paying, charging you 20%. We're going to get the credit cards paid off. Make sense? Okay. So now with that, we're going to take your investments that we get to now pay off the other loan. But it's easier to pay off a loan that's at 6 or 7% interest versus one that we're paying in a credit cards at 20 so in shifting that, it works out great. But the biggest thing that ends up happening, people start using the darn credit cards again mm-hmm. and getting racked up and they get themselves in even worse shape. So, again, it comes back to do you have the discipline uh, to follow the program and keep the program going down uh, and follow that course? So number four is that you have a good understanding of risk, just as we just talked about, cryptocurrency, buying uh, with our phone and buying individual stocks and so forth. Um, do you have, do you understand the risk involved? And you know, you can lose real money. Um, I've had some people saying, well, I'm going to start buying some options. I said, do you know what you're buying? Well, yeah, if I buy this option, it goes up, I make stock. I said, well, um, what if it, the, the company goes down? Uh, what happens then? Well, I could lose a few. No, no, how you're doing it. You have, you have unlimited loss. Uh, what? You know, that's usually the response we get. So don't do it unless you understand it. Then there's risk involved. If you buy an individual stock at it's, you buy $10,000 in one stock, and that stock goes broke, guess how much you lost? Well, you lost $10,000. The money just disappeared. None of us, I think, want to lose $10,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, what expense, I'm sorry, and number five is to what extent uh, would you access to advisors' knowledge and technology, et cetera, et cetera, and improve the financial life and, and versus doing it myself? You know, many of us in this industry, we may not have, because of the Internet, any information that's any different than what you might have, Mike. Well, probably some stuff because we – pay a lot of money for certain research things. Um, but the information is going to be out there, but you know, you or anybody that's out there, if you're going to start looking for all this financial stuff online, you can find it, but you're going through a ton of work and stuff to get it done. And I'm not going to say it's out there. Back when I was in college and I first started in this industry, we had information that people couldn't find because the internet wasn't around yet. So we had books and manuals and volumes of stuff that we have published and sent to our offices and we could look up information about companies that nobody else could really find, at least not readily because it wasn't there. You bring in the Internet. This information is out there. You can find almost anything you want in any company, but you're going to be really looking a long time to find it where in our industry we can go, oh, that. We go click, click, click. We print the stuff out. It's ready to go. Why? Because we do it every day for one, and we pay for online subscriptions that allow us to log into all that information and data that's already there. So, so with it, it's almost worth it if you're going to do a lot of work in the investment business yourself, work with an advisor because they're going to have information faster than what you're going to be able to find it on your own. I don't want to say different, but just a lot faster. And finally, do you need one is, uh, you know, who do I know and trust? How do I find somebody? What's interesting about this, and they, they refer inside of this article that, you know, somebody who's a, a truly wealthy person, I'm reading uh, um, uh, verbatim here, is that... Uh, uh, let me just read the whole sentence. Um, even do-it-yourselfers benefit from the support, from a support ne- network. The truly wealthy person will tell you that wealth is 
who you surround yourself with. And I agree with that. Um, people who I've met who have created some significant net worth um, and clients of mine have done the same, uh, they didn't do it on their own. They had people give them a help, ideas along the way, you know, tips or help them uh, transact transactions they wanted to do along the way. Um, and, uh, and in that, um, it's always better to say, if I work with somebody, um, will what I receive be better than with what I do by myself? And I, in this industry, probably bias, certainly because I've been in it for 30 years, I think the answer is yes. Um, we have a, a, cl a client of ours, um, he's long since passed, and, and uh, if their family's listening, they know who it is and, and love dad. Um, he came at one time with a coffee can. Yes, folks, a three-pound coffee can mm -hmm. with about an inch-high, thick stock certificates that were sitting inside the coffee can. And so my first question was, why did you have him a coffee can? He said, well, I forgot they were in there. He said, when I got them, they just keep sending me shares, and I got so many of them so often for dividend payments, they give me more shares, I just put them in the coffee can because I didn't know what to do with them. Then he forgot about them for a bunch of years. So the work in our offices, we had to find where all these stock certificates went, came from, was there value, not value. And here it was a copper mine in Zambia that had changed names, and it was worth about uh, fifty dollars or $75,000, if I remember right, sitting in a coffee can that he forgot about. So in there, um, he would have been lost and not knowing where to find the information was worth anything, uh, but he worked with an office like ours, and we were able to dig up the information and find out that it was actually worth something inside the uh, the coffee can. And very thankful that he didn't lose those paper certificates to a fire or something like that uh, somewhere um, along the line. When, when uh, uh, this individual passed, I said to the kids, go through every coffee can in the basement. <laughs> Because this is what dad said he found this. So go through every coffee can you find um, because, uh, you know, we found this. I'm guessing there's probably something more in the house. So we'll have to see how that finishes up as that search continues. Yes, indeed. He is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Just a few minutes left in the show. We have this day with Chris Conley coming up, and we will wrap things up after this. It is 8.58 on this Saturday morning. Merle Kelsch making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. I am News Director Mike Leishner. Merle, I'm told you have some more disclaimers. Yeah, we have to throw We got to do there. another one, folks, the same as before. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. HBEC Incorporated and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. In matter of fact, I just realized something. Yes. we got to redo a whole bunch of things because we had a name change. HBEC is now Grove Point Financial. Oh. Not only does my stuff have to be redone, but we got to redo all the stuff coming up, too. So... How's that for memory that I read this? It's a good thing I did. Yes, indeed. And uh, as they say, those old habits die hard. They do indeed. So, yes. And, and again, I always appreciate the time here because uh, things like this, see, you see things like this in the news, you see little stories here, and you kind of wonder how does that impact everybody. It's actually part of my job. Uh, asking the questions of how does this impact uh, residents in the area. And I get the chance to talk about that live here. Uh, actually, we're going to get uh, three more chances before the summer is over in the month of July. So we'll look forward Beautiful. to chatting. Uh, then we will return you to your regular host, Tom King, next <laughs> week for better or worse. We'll leave that up to interpretation. Well, next week, matter of fact, we have to see our, our good friend Alan Hogham is going to come in. Oh, okay. 
So he'll be in here chatting as I will be um, out of distance of any sort of a internet in the UP. So um, our friend, good our good friend Alan Hogum from Halbert Law. Oh Jesus, Hogum Law. I mm-hmm. put his old firm and his new firm together in the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, Alan, if you're listening. So from uh, uh, Hogum Law, uh, we'll be here next week. All right. Well, sounds good. We will look forward to that. And we join uh, Fox News headlines right now here on WSAU.